Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Off The Beaten Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I talk to Jerry Horton of Papa Roach. It's a great chat. We talk, we talk about a lot of good rock records. We go in on Faith No More. And, uh, and and you're in for a treat. It's, it's, it's a great little chat. Um, before we get on with that, just a few thank yous. So thanks to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thank you to 76 for producing this podcast. I should say as well, if this is your first time listening to Off The Beat and Track podcast, then uh, once you finish listening to my chat with Jerry, then there's another 250 episodes that... You know, I'd, I'd say go and have a look through because uh, if you like Papa Roach, I'm not suggesting you definitely will, but you can, you'd probably enjoy my episodes with uh, Deftones, um, Tommy Lee of Motley Crue, uh, Butch Vig, uh, and then, you know, it, it goes everywhere, this podcast, Fatboy Slim, uh, Mel C of the Spice Girls, Chuck D of Public Enemy, uh, oh, Foo Fighters, if you like Foo Fighters, go and uh, check out my chat with Chris. So there's loads of, of, of episodes that I'd, uh, I'd say go and have a, a rummage around in and see what, see what you find that you want to listen to. Um, just also quickly, you know, I find that when I record these intros and outros, I just kind of go through all the formalities. But just a, a quick one, really, just to say that I hope you're doing okay. It's, um, it's strange times that we find ourselves in. And, you know, I'm, I'm finding recording these podcasts are, are, are a really healthy distraction for me and, and something really positive to do. So... If uh, if you find through listening to this podcast is is in any way, shape, or form a distraction from, you know, not doom scrolling on your, you know, through through your phone or or watching, you know, a, a very very kind of uh, downbeat news, you know, on the TV, then I'm really happy that you know anybody's getting a you know half hour kind of break from what's going on in the world just by listening to some creative people tell their story via the means of really really strong and great records and that's what you're going to get today um in regards to uh, the back catalogue um you can find out all about that at uh, off the beat and track podcast.com and over there you can also find links to the patreon if you'd like to support the podcast um because I've also got another couple of hundred episodes on the Patreon that you can have access to uh, for about 71p a week. And each week I put up loads of video episodes and radio shows and there's loads of stuff. And there's another whole little world and community going on over there. So, um, yeah, links to that are all on the website. Let's get on with today's chat. Please enjoy Off The Beat and Track podcast with Jerry Horton of Papa Roach. Right, I've got to take a quick break in this podcast because I've got some super exciting news. 
Off The Beaten Track podcast is proud to go into partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat. That's right. The Cacao Bar is not a chocolate bar. It's all the best bits of a chocolate bar put into a really exciting new alcoholic range. That's right. Gin, vodka, and a beautiful range of cream liqueurs. So one of the big bonuses of this partnership is obviously I'm super thrilled to have Hotel Chocolat working with us, but they sent me a great big box of this stuff. And I'm telling you, it's amazing. Go and check it out, www.hotelchocolat.com or over on the socials at Hotel Chocolat. But yeah, in the coming months, there's going to be opportunities for you to get involved with competitions with us, to win bottles of stuff. There's loads of exciting things coming soon, and I can't be more happy to say that this podcast is in partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat. All right, let's get back to the podcast. It's Off The Beat and Track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whiffin. Okay, we are recording sitting opposite me today via the means of Zoom. Jerry Horton, hey. Hey, what's going on? I'm good. You're okay? Doing all right, yeah. Good, good, good. Where are you right now? I'm at home in Northern California. So I want to kind of ask... Um, in regards to being at home, really, um, how you found the last 10, 11 months, both personally and creatively? You know, for the first, like, six months, I think it was, it was, it was nice because I've, in the 20 years that we've been doing it, you know, on a major label level, international level, uh, I haven't been home for longer than two months, maybe. So to be able to have that time and, you know, being with the family and all that, it's been, it was great. And, and it's still, that part of it's still great. But um, we kind of want to get out and tour again. Yeah. You're you missing know? it. Yeah. Um, as far as creative goes, we, um, it was like, uh, let's see, September of last year, we got, uh, we rented a house and in Southern California and, uh, got all got together and, and locked ourselves in for a month with our producers and, uh, you know, wrote a bunch of songs and, and then, you know, occasionally we would make trips back down to LA and obviously, quarantine with the the guys that that we know and and you know we had all been tested and all that and we're we're kind of on the tail end of it on the on the recording stuff Jacoby's down there right now finishing things up yeah I mean you know we've been trying to trying to stay productive and and using the time wisely and and trying to get the best that we can cool well let's talk records and for track one, Jerry, I'm going to ask you the song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro, please. Yeah, um, I, you know, I'm probably missing a few things to compare it to. But for for me, the first time I heard um, New Noise by Refused, it was like insane. Uh, just the tension and the buildup. 
and the release is just incredible. So I want to ask you, you know, you, you touched upon the 20 years of the band. And, you know, if we go back 20 years and, and, and look at how people were listening to music, it's very, very different to how people listen to music now. You know, there's less and mm-hmm. less people going to record stores and more and more people, you know, streaming and such. Um, and there's been, a, you know, a million and one different ways to listen to music in between there. Um, but what I'm always interested in when, you know, I'm, I'm talking to people that write songs uh, is over the last 20 years and probably more so in the last 10 years, we're seeing attention spans on younger people getting quicker and shorter and, and hearing more and more records on the radio now that haven't got huge, you know, epic kind of intros. It seems to be cutting straight to it. Um, and I just wonder if these are things that, you know, you, you take into consideration now when you're writing music. Well, put the, you know, the occasional, you know, I think maybe if it's the, the beginning of an album, um, we'll kind of do that. But we've never really been the sort of, you know, sort of band to like we, we've always kind of had that sort of pop song structure mentality in our music um, that, you know, the, the Beatles are a, a huge inspiration for that part of it. Um you know, and occasionally we'd step out and, uh, you know, make it, try and really try and craft a cool intro. Yeah. But, you know, I feel like we, if we did that more than once or twice, it would kind of get old. So. And, and also, you know, it, it appears now that so many people, rather than buying albums on a whole, will go onto iTunes and cherry pick certain tracks. Do you still write an album to be listened to? as a as a piece of art as a body of work we we are still um we're we're kind of taking a look at how we release things in the future um and that that comes kind of more as a a business part of it than a creative part of it and um you know if we had if we had our way, we would just release an album, you know, wouldn't have to do any promo behind it and, and all that, you know, but there is a business side of it too. So there are other things that we have to take into consideration. Um, but yeah, I mean, we still, we're still making albums and we still kind of, we do, we do like to uh, get down to the track listing and how, you know, one song will go into the next and all that. So, yeah. Okay. Track two, Jerry. The first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you? Yeah. Um, something I Can Never Have by uh, Nine Inch Nails. It was like, and I don't know if it was, it had to, to do with me, uh, I guess maybe the hormonal state I was in, you know, it was like going through puberty and, you know, being all emo and, uh, whatever but yeah that song like when i first heard it it just put me into this space that i'd never really been before and i was just feeling it you know and and uh, that kind of became my one of my go-to songs for when i was like just really kind of depressed you know what i mean do you Um, still do you still sort of lean towards you know that that sort of thing if you're feeling if you're feeling low if you're feeling a bit blue you know do you 
engage with them emotions and, and listen to music and, and kind of process it rather than kind of trying to find something really upbeat and just trying to get on with it? Are you happy to kind of indulge that emotion with, with you know, more somber music? Um, I, nowadays, I don't really take time to indulge it, you know, because it takes time. I kind of just try and find something to do to help me snap out of it and, yeah. and move on, you know. And just to touch on Nine Inch Nails there, I mean, that song is, is a remarkable record. I mean, that, that album is incredible. Yeah. And, 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 and that particular track sort of sits quite differently from the rest of the stuff on that record, which I think was maybe why it really popped when it came out. It was a, a softer side yep. of Trent, you know. Um, totally. Incidentally, have you seen the Song Exploder episode uh, on Netflix where he talks about writing her and the production and the have you seen that yep yep it's fucking great incredible yeah he's on another level for sure really really is man um okay for track three uh the song that reminds you of your time at school please yeah it would have to be and justice for all it was kind of like the the song that i really started like trying to learn how to play guitar Two, and it was the first song that I that was more than some chords you know it was the first real riff that I learned and and was able to play and um, I just remember like going to my buddy's house down the street he was the one who kind of got me into Metallica and we would just rock out and and uh, yeah it was this is cool. How did you find school? You know, I liked um, middle school for me was was a little tough, and then maybe the first year of uh, high school was was a little tough. But after that, I, it was I was more comfortable in my own skin, and and I found my friends, and um, it was high school was was a blast for me. When you say you found your friends, does that also kind of mean you sort of you found your tribe, you found where you fitted? Totally, yeah. I think especially back then it was, you know, the musical cultures were a little more separate, and um, you know, identifying with one, even though like you know, we may, I personally you know, liked different kinds of music, you almost had to identify mostly with one type of music and, and, you know, and, and, um, yeah, I, I found my tribe and, and we happened to live all in the same neighborhood. And it was, once I found that it was awesome. Did you know what you wanted to be when you was at school? When I was at school, I, I did have the dreams. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, you was already playing guitar at this point. Yep. Yeah. I started when I was 14. So. And did it seem, you know, at, at that age, did it seem, a, you know, like a, a legit possibility that, you know, someone from where you was from could, could carve out a career in music. Did that seem like that was no. a possibility? It didn't. No, it was, no, it, you know, we, it was it was the it was the dream uh and 
the band kind of came about because we didn't really have anything to do in the town. Just kind of, you know, there was like a skating rink and a park and that was about it, you know. Um, and it, you know, it was just a way for, for kids to get together, you know, and, and, uh, so that was as far as the, the, the reality at the time, that was as far as it went was just, yeah, we could do this for fun. And that was it. Um, and it wasn't really until we, you know, we worked really hard at having fun and, and doing that. And then we slowly started to see, you know, that it was becoming a bigger thing than just having fun. And, you know, it, it did become obviously a, a much, much bigger thing and, and a, a scene you play to like hundreds of thousands of people and, you know, and, and play these huge gigs and festivals, which takes confidence. And so I just wonder when you started to, you know, was you, was you confident as a young person or did that come later? No, that came much later and uh, very, very gradual kind of just... Uh, throwing myself into it but not like not getting out there and saying look at me it was like I, you know when we first started I was the guy's joke I was like kind of hiding behind the PA speaker and I was I was there I was playing but I was you know hiding almost and um it took years really and and you know Whilst talking confidence, and I, I want to touch on drive as well, because the music industry is ridiculously difficult to succeed in, and you've succeeded yeah. you know, to to incredible levels. So, are you driven? We we joke that we're, you know, because because Infest blew up so so much that people were calling it an overnight success, and we we always joke that we were a seven year overnight success, <laughs> yeah. you know, and because we, we worked for so long and also that, you know, there were a couple of years where we felt like we were ready to play with the big boys, but all the gatekeepers were saying no. And so we, we ran into every major label and most all independent labels shutting us down and saying, no, you're not ready yet. And so that just fueled the fire and, you know, we, it took a couple of years, but we got there. And and you did get there and, you know, and then you've, you found yourself, you know, playing gigs and festivals with, you know, obviously some of the, the, the biggest bands in the world. And so I'm always interested when I speak to, you know, people like yourself, like, do you, do you ever, you know, get imposter syndrome? Do you ever just think, oh man, like I'm here, like, and with my band and yeah. like, that band's over there. How, you know, do, uh, 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 do we deserve to be here? Do you still ever get that self-doubt right. and imposter syndrome? Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean. And I'll say that with I the greatest think, of respect, Jerry. Totally. No, I, I, I'm not taking it any other way. I think that um, there have been, those moments become less and less, I think, because we've been doing it for so long. But there were some times where I was thinking, like, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> we're not, you know. Um, 
one of the one of the craziest things for me was we were at the uh I think it was 2001 maybe or 2002 we were at the Kerrang Awards and that was our first time and we were at a table I think we were with Lincoln Park and um you know, uh, we were just kind of sitting there and and I I kind of look around, look around the room and, and right behind me is this big, huge thing of curly gray hair and a really loud shirt. And I'm going, who's this guy, you know? And it turn, he turns around and it's Brian May and he goes, oh, hey, Papa Roach, you guys are cool. I dig your stuff. And I'm going... what you're telling me that like that is just that was the craziest one of the craziest things like super cool amazing guy you know but that was definitely i was having imposter syndrome for sure (laughs) okay for track four jerry the first song you remember buying from a record store yeah this one is is kind of funny but um the first and it was it was actually an lp that i bought uh the first record i ever bought was a uh, rat under the cellar and uh that was really like kind of the first i think i was 10 and that was like one of the first rock albums that i had bought by myself we had always had a lot of music in you know in the family my dad had a record player and he was like he he had a he got a CD player when they first came out and that was the big thing and uh but we always had music happening in, you know in the house and what sort of stuff uh, Jerry but it, well i th- you know it was a, a wide really wide range like you know he had zeppelin but then also michael jackson and and you know uh elo um I think he, I'm pretty sure he had a Wham album and, uh, you know, so it was all over the place and, um, you know, it was like, I just, you know, they, they kind of said, all right, go ahead. What do you, you know, go get, go get some stuff, you know? And it wasn't, it was, you know, I just went and got a couple of things and I, uh, I think that was like, you know, when MTV started and, seeing the videos I, I was drawn to it kind of you know and so it was that rat and then i think it was girls 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 ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit get 30, bit get 20, 20, 20, bit get 20, 20, bit get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Listen up. I've only got another new sponsor. Egg Fried. It's this super cool clothing label. And if you're into sort of skating and street art and gigging and, and kind of like really cool art and throwing a little bit of Asian culture and and the designer's kind of weird sense of humour in the mix, and you're pretty much there with the wonderful world that is eggfried.com. Now, they do these amazing punchy kind of graphic tees, hoodies and sweatshirts, beautiful art prints, as well as this, they have a denim range, all handmade in-house, all supporting the slow fashion movement. Not only that, they've given you a discount code, 10% off when you head over to eggfried.com. Just use the code EGGSALAD, E-W-G-S-A-L-A-D, save 10%. Go and get lost in the world of egg fried. Also, they've got a new kids range, and it's called Small Fried, and it's super cool, super cute. Um, And again, it's all over there in this wonderful world. Go and get involved at eggfried.com. But just to touch on um, what you said there, you know, you you, you mentioned that, you know, growing up you would be hearing, um, you know, Michael Jackson, uh, Wham and things like that. And you you mentioned at the beginning of this this chat, you know, that Papa Roach will always have pop sensibilities in their their writing. Do you think, Mm -hmm. you know, growing up in the 80s, which was a boom of magnificent pop music... Do you think that yeah. has kind of found its way into your your head in, in you know when you approach you know that that writing process? Yeah, I think so. I think that that uh that balance between sort of like the sugar and the substance is very important for us and uh I think that you know that's I think it's it's something that's always going to be there. So for track 5 I asked for a song that soundtrack your years clubbing. I, <laughs> yeah. I should point out, right, that, that this is the one. It's really weird. Whenever I speak to musicians, I generally get met with, I didn't really go clubbing, but this doesn't yeah. necessarily mean chrome-laden, you know, neon-signed clubs playing, you know, hardcore techno. This this can be sweaty dive bars. This can be rock and roll clubs, metal clubs, indie clubs. It can be, you know, anything. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, I didn't really, like, I I wasn't going to concerts a lot when I was a kid. Um, My first concert was a a festival show called Day on the Green in San Francisco. And it was um, Faith No More, Soundgarden, Queensryche, and Metallica. And That's not a bad first gig, man. (laughs) No, no, not at all. It was crazy. Um, but I think probably because it was during the day that, my, that you know, my parents said, okay, yeah, you can do that. Um, but, yeah, I guess if, the, if, if, 
if that is kind of the measure of it, I'd probably have to say sad but true. Yeah. Cause that was it that that was right when the black album came out and uh that was like my first real show. Yeah. As and, a fan. You know, you mentioned so many great bands there, but can you I mean I don't know who was headlining, but can you, you know for me, I just think the first time I saw Faith No More Live and I saw Mike yeah. Patton front of band, I thought I'm potentially looking at the greatest front man ever at that point. He was just absolutely different level, you know, to yeah. hear someone scream yeah. the way he'd scream and then sing with this most beautiful soul. It was like, and he was just an animal on stage as well. It was like, I'd never seen anything like yeah. it. Yeah. I think at that point, you know, he was still, I mean, it was, I'm pretty sure it was their first album. So I, you know, he wasn't like really trying to be the the full singer, you know, yeah. but it was crazy and uh, it was cool to see that. And then, of course, you know, they over the next few years, they became one of our biggest influences, you know, the the, the subsequent albums. Uh Angel Dust and King for a Day and It's so weird. It's it's not just rock bands or metal bands. It's any band I speak to will reference Angel Dust and just go, Man, that record. It's like there's something yeah. about that record. It's just it sits out of time from anything else. It's just Totally. Yeah, it's an absolute Yeah, and it's uh it's it is not it's a masterpiece and um it kind of it was another one of those albums that that made us want to evolve yeah you know because it it was it was different from the first album yeah. you know and it was it was much more mature and it was much more uh um there was a lot more mood to it and you know there was a lot more exploration and um that sort of became one of the, not the blueprint, but, you know, definitely an inspiration. Yeah. I'm going to take you home for track six, Jerry. A favorite song from your home county, please. Yeah. Um, it'd have to be Deftones board. Uh, it, you know, they, they were, I think, three years ahead of us. And, you know, they had built up a local following at, for, you know, a, a couple of three, well, three or four years before they got signed. And it, like, you know, they weren't in the same, they were maybe 30 minutes drive away from us. Uh, Sacramento was kind of a, I don't want to say it was exclusive as far as scenes go, but, you know, we, we were we were definitely looked at as little uh, annoying little brothers that didn't really belong there, you know? Yeah. But yeah. Um, seeing them early on, it was just mind blowing the energy that, that those shows had. And, you know, that song was just the most epic one basically one or two word choruses you know yeah and it it just 
It was cool. It was, it, it was, uh, it definitely brings me back. Did you find that sort of, you know, inspiring knowing that there was someone, you know, from where you come from that was, that was doing it, you know, a few years ahead of you? Is that the kind of thing that, you know, you should draw from and just think, look, they've done it. We can, we can fucking do this. It was a carrot pretty, pretty much. Like it was like, oh yeah, they could, they could do it. We could do it, you know? And there was a little, there was, you know, it was probably a difference of two or three years. So, uh, like I said, we thought we were ready probably before we were really ready, but um, we did have that mentality of, yeah, they they got signed, and then another another band, actually two other bands from Sacramento, um, Will Haven and and Far both got signed as well, and so we thought, yeah, let's go, you know. Last track. This is where you can uh, you, you can turn someone onto something new. I'm going to ask you for a song that many people may not know that you would like them to hear, please. Yeah, um, I would I would like to choose uh, a song called "Roses on My Grave." It's from the album "The Paramore Sessions," and uh, it for me it was it was it came together very organically and. Um, it started out as something very small and, uh, you know, it was just, when I say it started out as something very small, it's kind of funny because the house that we were in, it was this huge mansion on the, on the highest hill in Los Angeles. And, you know, it was, they, it had been used for TV shows and, um, you know, it was it, built by an oil heiress in LA and, you know, it's, and the house was anything but small. It was like five acres in the middle of LA. So that part of it's funny, but the riff and the first part of it, uh, just, it was just really, really late at night. And I was just by myself in the, in the room playing and, uh, Jacoby came in and, and he said, Oh, that's cool. You know, what is that? And, and I, I just said, you know, I'm just noodling and he goes, well, keep going. And he started just kind of riffing, uh, scatting a vocal and uh, we had it recorded and, and, you know, when, when Howard, Howard Benson, the producer came and, and he listened to it and he said, it's cool, but I don't really know what to do with it, you know? And I was thinking, well, it could just be a guitar thing at the end of the, the album. And he goes, no, I think that if we, if we put this on the record, it really should be, it has a, potential to be really big and kind of let's just take it all the way let's just make it grandiose and so he hired a string section he hired an arranger and it just turned into this huge thing it started from this little tiny this little riff and and uh it was it was cool to see everybody kind of throw their little pieces in and then it also was amazing to to actually be there to watch the the string section you know be recorded and it was yeah it's awesome and i think it's 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 a cool thing to sum up the album and i think uh people should listen to it even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. They can, Jerry, because I put together a Spotify playlist to accompany this podcast. Uh, cool. So people can listen to all nice. the songs that we've we've spoke about. As as twenty twenty one starting to gather pace and, and vaccinations are rolling out and infection levels seem to be dropping. Um what are you looking forward to personally uh from twenty twenty one and 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 what's coming up professionally? Well, obviously I'm looking for I'm looking forward to some shows as I'm sure everybody else is, because a live stream is cool, but not the same thing. Um, what's coming up for us, we have some, we have some re-records that we have done of some old stuff, uh, and we're taking those re-records and doing some reimaginings. Uh, and we have some collaborations that we're, really excited about and on, that, on, on memory those, workings on the reimaginings cool um which is we're stoked about and those will be rolling out sometime this year and then new music will probably come towards the end of the year maybe next year just because we you know especially for rock bands we kind of need album releases to coincide with touring. Um, so that's probably what will happen there. And then can't wait to just start doing shows and yeah. especially the UK. Like, What's your favorite venue in the UK? Ooh, there's a lot. I really liked, I enjoyed the Roundhouse. That was a, a pretty... Special thing. Yeah, that's a cool venue. Um, yeah. Um, I'm ready for Wembley. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, if people want to find out um, everything that Papa Roach are up to, where's the best place for them to go and uh, keep up to speed? Yeah, paparoach.com, but, you know, we're on all the socials, basically. Um, so, yeah, and we, we all the news goes there as well. So Wonderful. Jerry, yeah. thanks loads for your time, man. It's been a real pleasure yeah. talking records with you. 
Same, same here. Thank you. Take it easy, mate. Have a lovely day. All right. You See too. See you soon, man. Bye-bye. Bye. There you go. Thank you very much, Jerry Horton of Papa Roach. Uh, go and check out the uh, the reworking of the last result on on Spotify. I've actually added it to uh, to Jerry's uh, uh, playlist, so you can go and listen to all of his choices. You can listen to that track as well. It's a really really cool little reworking of you know what is a an absolute kind of you know rock classic. Um, yeah, well, like I said at the beginning, please go and check out the back catalogue. And if you see us on iTunes or, or whatever platform you listen to, subscribe, because that really helps. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you like and don't like about the podcast. Um, and, yeah, and if you'd like to support it, then, you know, this is a labour of love. It's my favourite labour of love. You know, it really, really is. But if you'd like to support the podcast and get extra extra content, then you can do that for about 71p a week over on patreon.com forward slash off the beaten track. Your one-stop shop for everything I've just been banging on about is www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. Stay safe, lovely people, and thanks ever so much for listening to this podcast and getting behind it and supporting it. And when you see us on the socials, loads of you leave really nice comments and tweet and retweet and you know share and stuff and it all it all goes in the pot and really really helps so I, I can't thank you enough for that because this is something I started a couple of years ago um just so I could just chat to some some people about records and it's it's grown into something far bigger than I ever imagined and I'm having such a lovely time you know chatting to all these people and I just hope that you're getting a, a sliver of the joy listening as I am asking the questions and uh yeah I'm done I'll see you next time thank you bye bye It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Hey,